This morning we will be discussing or listening to a discussion on relationships and leadership. Today is going to be with uh, Brother T.D. Jakes and his wife, Sarita Jakes. I checked out this conference that they had a couple weeks ago, and I actually saw a clip on Instagram, and it uh, uh, got my attention. And so I said, man, let me go check out, you know, the, 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 the program. I checked it out, man. It was it was it was dope, man. It was right on time. So anybody who's in leadership, who's an entrepreneur, who is just busy, you know, outside of doing everything in the house, I think this would be a nice, uh, balanced um, program for us to watch and give feedback on. So uh, let me not waste any time. Let me let me turn it on for us all to hear. And if you're here for the first time, I want you all to take notes. And at the end, we're going to ask for your thoughts, get your, uh, you know, get your feedback. So as you listen to it, write down what stands out to you. Write down what touches and hits you. Because someone who's listening may miss that point. Uh, maybe they had to leave. Maybe they had to take a call or maybe they're not going through something right now that allows them to hear it the same way that you hear it. So if you don't mind, please take it notes and at the end, share what hits you and what's on your mind so we can get that wisdom as well. All right, let's let's turn it on. And from Dr. Bailey on talking about generations and generations and generations, all of it led up to this narrative. I kept saying to God, I had an opening word. I couldn't get a closing word. I said, I won't worry about it. It'll come to me during the week because sometimes it does, it didn't. And when I woke up early this morning, he said, I want you to spend the final session talking about winning at home. We have talked about, we have talked about winning as an entrepreneur. We've talked about winning through negotiations and business. We've talked about winning the war in your mind for mental health. We've talked about winning the spiritual battles that we encounter every day. We've even talked about winning as it relates to uh, the family, uh, to some degree from a younger perspective, but from a seasoned couple who, who wants to impart to you how to survive the light of the stage you're on. I don't care whether you got 40 people, we know what it is to have 40 people, or 4,000 people, or 40,000 people. That light is hot. It does not allow for you to be human. The same blood of Christ that floods the altar doesn't run up the steps. People are fine with you till they find out you have problems like them. And then they throw you away. 
Though we quote scriptures like we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency may be of God, then we reject the treasure because of the vessel. We are all dirt people. Bags of clay filled with glory is all right till you put the light on it. And when you put the light on it, the light itself, the brightness of the light, the brightness of the glory, the depth of your gift, the very thing that brought you to prominence can be the very thing that kills you because once people respect you and then find out you are human, they reject you. Am I talking good? Absolutely. Absolutely. So winning at home implies it's a fight. Absolutely. You can't win if it's not a fight. And let me tell you something. I know you sitting there looking all cute, grinning, sitting beside each other. But I know you don't grin every day like that at home. Can we be real for a minute? You can love somebody that gets on your last nerve. I mean, your very last nerve. <laughs> My wife has a box in her bathroom, mama's last nerve, <laughs> okay? They can get on your very last nerve. It is difficult to hold it together, and I'll tell you why, because you care. That's Because you care. I can have somebody weird at work, or what I deem is weird, because I leave. My time at home is so little that when I do get to get home, that's a big deal. And, and what happens is when you're miserable at home, you run from the house, which is exhausting, which means you create work to avoid the fact that you're not winning at home. Can we be real for a minute? Please. And when it's stage time, we walk out on the stage, praise the Lord, everybody, praise him. Oh, praise the Lord, oh, glory to God. Good to see you. <clears throat> but the reality is, Truth. it's hard to raise your children. I don't care whether you're in the pulpit or in corporate or in business, we are not winning at home. We're making the money. We're climbing the corporate ladder. We're in the C-suites of America. We're breaking, we're breaking in and out. <laughs> we're starting businesses, we're starting companies, we're doing stuff, but it is hard to have a stable relationship while you go after dreams. Mm -hmm. Because everybody wants more of you mm -hmm. and you don't always have enough to go around. Demanding careers of any kind require great focus. And great focus is at the expense, kids require great focus. Mm -hmm. The more children you have, I was talking to somebody, baby, she said to me, <laughs> I made it through the hard part. She said, they're out of diapers and stuff. I made it through the hard part. I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. Child, don't you get up here and teach that. <laughs> 
You see how everybody laughing at that? Everybody laughing at that who got gray hair, dyed hair, or somewhere in between. They, they, they know you ain't seen nothing yet. You got to make it through adolescence. You got to make it through all kinds of stuff that these preachers are testifying about that they were drug dealers and on drugs and selling drugs and crackheads. That was at an earlier age and stage of life. You got to steer through that traffic feeling like their self-discovery is your failure. That's true. That's very true. So whatever they experience, you blame yourself. And so if you were busy working, building, doing, going, evolving, then you regret that. If you're at home all the time, you say, well, maybe I didn't give you the right advice. Maybe I, maybe I, everything that goes wrong is not about you. Everything that goes wrong is not about you. Every, my wife had to learn every time I come home and it, <laughs> every time I come home and I'm not talking, it doesn't mean I don't like her. It doesn't mean that I'm mad at her. It, it doesn't mean every time I flip out, freak out, get weird, I strain, it is not about you. So you don't need to fix nothing. You don't need to fix, you don't need to change anything. You don't need to fix me. It is not your job to fix me. It is not my job to fix you. It is my job to love you broken. Because if I can love you broken, maybe I can love me broken. Absolutely. If I can't love you flawed, then I really don't love myself flawed. Talk to us. Wow, you said a mouthful. Um, you know, when you said that it's not your job to fix me, nor mine to fix you, the thing that I realized that was most important to you was that I fix our home. He gave me a house, and it wasn't what you wanted to give me, but to me it was the world. He gave me a house. And then we went to Goodwill, and we went to uh, Salvation Army. We this went, a long time ago. Yeah, this, this wasn't, but, but you know, it was I a long- I just want to put it in context. <laughs> it, but it's relevant to where we are now. Absolutely. Because if, if you hadn't been able to give me a house I couldn't practice on making a home, and so I found out that wherever you are, wherever your heart is, that's your home. So to me, I had to make certain that wherever you went, you felt like you were still in a home safe environment. And we didn't, let me tell you, I was teasing Sarah because she was one of our WIC babies. She and Cora were our WIC babies. Jamar and Jermaine were our uh, cost right diapers with duct tape around them because they were falling apart. You don't get to be a home because you've got everything that you need. You get to be a home because you are committed to creating a space of peace and tranquility 
not just for somebody else, but for yourself. I often wonder why David was on the rooftop and, and peeking at Bathsheba. And I thought, well, the scripture says it's better to be on the rooftop than dwell in the house with a brawling woman. Dr. James, help me. Could it be? Could it be that he was on the rooftop because Mikhail was raising? That I mean, you know, they were, they were celebrating David. He was out killing lions and bears and, and just going forth and the women were dancing and he came home and his wife was complaining because he was celebrated. How often is your house not a home for either of you because of the rivalry? The voices from the outside have crept through the windows and made you discontented. And this is your friend. The, you're my buddy. Yeah, yeah. You my <laughs> You are. And I want what's best for you, even if it's not me. Now, I'm going to say, I'm not going to leave the potter's house. I'm going to sit in the balcony and roll my eyes and say, but he can preach, but he ain't nothing. But let me tell you, you've got to concentrate on making your house a home where you're comfortable with yourself. Some people, you don't even like you. You don't even like yourself. Not what you see in the mirror, but what life has done to you, has broken your house down where the walls are leaning, the steps are collapsing, because you don't like you. And so you make it miserable for everybody around you. You act like the couch is broken all the time. They ask you, where can I sit? You don't have anywhere to sit because you're so discontented. And life has dealt a lot of you deadly, lethal blows. I get it. But let's do some renovating. Let's do some renovating. Babe talks about us not having anything, and, and to me, that's why we're here. Because it's not the things you know, it's, it's not the things. I like it, but I don't have to have it. That's the truth. I like it. I like to get gussied up, and uh, the Ripleys are here. They gave me my first designer purse. <laughs> All of those are things, but who I am, things didn't make me who I am. It was the struggle, Pam. 
It was the no lights and no water and, and broken down shoes. One of his ex-girlfriends gave me $5 because she saw runs in my hose. Do you not understand the opportunity that you have at this leadership summit to make a home? If you leave here, if you leave the conference, if you leave the arena, one of my childhood friends is here. I wish you would jump up real quick, David. David is here. His mother is 103 years old. There he is. We went to elementary school together. His mother is 103 years old. And I call her once a month. Miss Cross. Mrs. Cross. I call her once a month, not because she needs anything from me or I need anything from her, but it keeps me grounded. It reminds me that I was in the eighth grade before we had an indoor bathroom. Don't talk to me about Eve St. Laurent till you had to go to the outhouse in the middle of the night. So this is Sarita. This is Sarita. And all of this gussying up has not shaken who I am. I know. I know who I am. And so God gave me the opportunity to give this man a home. So when he went on the road, I wrapped Q-tips up in aluminum foil because I didn't know hotels had Q-tips. He needed to feel like he was at home. I started a little company and I named it Sarita Jake's Home because it's important to me that wherever you are, that you have a sacred place where everything around you can be chaotic, but you can center yourself and dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You've got to bring your mind in. You've got to close your mouth. You gotta be still and just know sometimes. You don't have to tell everybody what you, just know. Be still and know. Mm -hmm. Right, right. All right, I'm gonna sit on back. But I just wanted, I just, I just, I, I, I get so saddened by the disassembling of families and marriages. It, it breaks my heart because we take 30 minutes to say the most important words that you'll ever say in a commitment for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, richer, for poor. 
then this new generation came along and we want to make our own vows. You know why? Because it's easy to break. It's easy to say, when I saw you walking across the water in the middle of the night, shut up. Better or worse, sickness, health, richer, poor, forsaking all others, I'm a cling to him. And, 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 and that... <laughs> I, I, I know we old school, but, but it works. <laughs> cleaving isn't easy. Cleaving isn't easy. If you watch people on a motorcycle, cleaving isn't easy. I'm not here to make you feel guilty if you got divorced, getting divorced, gonna get divorced. That, that's not what I'm saying. Cleaving isn't easy, especially in a turn. Listen, listen at me. You're riding on a motorcycle, which I don't do, okay? Torrey does. God didn't call me to that ministry. But if I went riding with him, you all would suspect things about us. Because <laughs> I would be wrapped on that child like glue. Okay, number, number one, I didn't even have a childhood, so I never rode a bike, a regular bike. So a motorcycle is out of my purview. I was raised by a dying father. Uh, I learned how to run a kidney machine while other people were riding a bike. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got up some age and some size and he died, it seemed silly. He died at 16 to go back and learn how to ride a bike since I missed my childhood being a caretaker. So this is a really good illustration to me, only because I would squeeze him until he turned red and passed out driving the motorcycle because cleaving, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave unto him a wife and they shall become one flesh. Cleaving is especially difficult on a motorcycle in a turn. I've been teaching this for years. We are losing our relationships, not just with our husbands, but with our sons and our daughters in the turn. True. Whether the turn is adolescence or midlife crisis, whether the turn is promotions or menopause. Well. Talk to me, people. Come on, talk to me. Nobody is talking to us how to stay. Watch this. Y'all ain't gonna like this. Sit. How to stay when you are not happy. You don't stay married to somebody 50 years and be happy every day. It's not always whether you're unhappy with them. You can be unhappy with life. You can be unhappy with what happened at work. You can be unhappy with them. You can be unhappy with the kids. They can be unhappy with you. Everything isn't about your happiness. 
cleaving in turns. It's the turns of life, a upturn, a downturn. The death of a, of a, of a parent can wreck your marriage. Absolutely. It can wreck your entire marriage. The death, the death of a sibling, the anytime life twists, the motorcycle turns, if you don't cleave, this is not a feeling, this is not sex, this is not affection, this is not getting down, this is not making babies. I'm talking about lock in because it's getting tough. Family, family crisis. We have had all kinds of family crisis. Like anybody else, somebody talking about our children, how wonderful we are, beautiful they are, and they are. They're amazing. I have never been more proud of anybody in my life than I am my children. Not just the ones y'all clap for and see on stage, but every last one of them. I told my oldest son, I'm not going to ask him to stand because he hates to stand. I said, I'm so happy to have you here. To have my children around me is a reward. Yeah, it's a reward from my oldest son to my baby girl to all the uh, baby boy to all my girls in between. Yeah. I love all of them. They're all different. They're all funny. They're all crazy. They make me laugh. They get together. We can throw a party all by ourselves and turn it out. We can turn it up. We can turn it out. And we can turn it over and we can throw it down. And, and, and yet we are a support group. If you stop seeing family as family and see it as a support group, it changes your expectations because some of your expectations were, now I'm going to date myself by saying this, were born out of Harlequin novels. Love of life. You saw things on TV that were scripted. And you have become professional at telling each other what they ought to be. It's like me trying to tell her how she ought to have a baby. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> uh, I don't know nothing about that. I said we was having a baby. In reality, she was having a baby. I was watching. I was going down downstairs in the hospital eating hamburgers and stuff like that and coming up, we having a baby. Oh God, we having a baby. She wasn't running down there getting no hamburgers. I was holding her hand as if she squeezed my ring into a torturous position in the labor ward, you know, and I'm talking about breathe in, breathe out, you know. She says, shut up. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you know? Her head spinning around like the exorcist. You, you lose each other in the turn. Stop fixing your spouse. Stop it. Stop pastoring your spouse. Stop analyzing your spouse. Stop using scriptures to manipulate them into what you think they ought to be because I married you to be my wife, not my pastor. I told my wife, I said, I know you saw this robe. I preached in robes back then. I said, there's a man in this robe. You are not marrying this robe. I'm not marrying you as a prop. There's a man, there's a dude, there's a guy. There is a Negro up under this robe who needs attention, okay? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Come on, fellas, don't leave me out there by myself. Y'all so phony. Don't leave me out there by myself. And, and, and what I mean by attention depends on what age I'm at. That's true. When the young men shout it, they think attention is sex. When old men shout, they think attention is respect. You could sex me like crazy, but if you don't respect me like I'm a man, and that goes both ways. Let me tell you something. There is nobody in this world I respect more than you. Thank you. Thank you. There is nobody on this planet I respect more than you. And, and I respect her. She don't. She had never called me out my name in my life. Never, ever, under any circumstances, ever called me out of my name. Disagreed with me? Yes. Didn't appreciate what I had to say? Yes. Has her own opinion? Yes. Set in her ways about her opinion? Absolutely. She is not a pushover. But she never disrespected me as a sign of strength. She never disrespected me when I was disrespectable. I'm talking about strength. Strength isn't what you get angry about and flip out about. Strength is going through turns and hard places together and, and then balancing out and continuing. This is true. Yeah. This, this is not therapy. This is not counseling. This is not marital counseling. We got people who can do that. This is just experience. Only, only. It's just experience. Now, my wife does premarital counseling. She's trained to do premarital counseling. But this is just experience of, of, of 42 years at the end of this month. One. 41 years, I can't keep up with. 41 years, 41 years. 41 years. 41 years. 41 years is almost like 41 different seasons. That's true. 41 different seasons. Everything's a different season, different stage. What I needed when we got married versus what I needed now is totally different. What she needs now versus what I need later is totally different. But at our core, yes, she's still Riri. I am Riri. Yeah. This cross calls me Sidrinky. <laughs> yes. See, I mean, she, she, see, this, this is what I love. Look at her. My wife, this is, fellas, this is what you got to know. Inside any woman, I don't care what age she is, is a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care if her hair turns white. I don't care if she gains a little weight. If you can find and love that little girl, and if she can feel safe enough not to lose her little girl, don't lose your little girl. Because that's what I married. What's your little girl? I didn't marry your degrees. I didn't marry your hoop. 
I didn't marry you because you can play the organ. My wife can't play the organ. She sings a little bit. She, she told me, she said, I can't do none of the stuff Pastor what I do. I said, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about that because you're not marrying the robe. You're marrying a man. Absolutely. I'm not, she got a business, she has a business, she has her own business, she's an entrepreneur, she's successful. It is authentic to who she is. It is is Sarita Jakes Homes because she is into stabilizing the home. It's more than candles, it's more than pillows. It's, it's, It's being a home for our children. You know what I told all my children? I don't care what you do. I don't care where you go. I don't care what you become. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how terrible it is. You can always come home. You can come home broke. You can come home sick. You can come home afflicted. You can come home shattered. You can come home broken. Do not let your ministry make you be the pastor of your house when you need to be the father of your house. Your kids don't need a preacher. They need a daddy. They need a daddy. They need a daddy. They need to know that they can tell you anything, whether it's scriptural or not, and not compromise your love. Stop using your love to barter them into behavior. That's manipulation. It's witchcraft. Anytime you withhold your love from me because of my humanity as a way of manipulating me, you're a witch with scriptures. By the way, there are male witches. You cannot manipulate your love and hold it back from me because I made a mistake or I made an error or I went sideways. This is where you teach the child how to love shattered people because if we don't teach our children how to love shattered people, we won't be able to teach them how to love themselves because we are all shattered in some way. How dare you leave me because I'm broken? Because as you carry your crippled self out of the house, I want you to understand you every bit as broken as I am. And you can run from me, but you can't run from yourself. So we two broken people coming together in a sense of wholeness only because of Christ. Only because of Christ, only because of Christ, the wholeness that we have is coming from Christ. The human that we have is coming from us. And the holy and the human cohabitate even when I'm by myself. I am holy and human. I am spiritual and human, or I wouldn't need to bathe, or I wouldn't need to wash, or I wouldn't get diarrhea. I am human. Oh, we don't like to talk about real stuff, but this is real stuff, and this is where we're, we're losing the battle at our home. And so we're becoming more entrenched in our work and our careers and, and, and what we're doing in life and our church building and all of that. But listen, you can't sleep at church. No. You got to come home sometime. Yeah. Thank you for 41 years of making it easy for me to come home. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are complete opposites in a lot of ways and exactly alike in other ways. 
She's an introvert, I'm an extrovert. She can't wait to get off the stage. So she can go into the seclusion that she, she nurtures and festers in. My wife incubates in spa-like atmospheres with soft music and great candles and big beds with fluffy pillows and can sleep like Lazarus. My wife can sleep like Lazarus. My wife sleeps so good that I looked up under the covers to see if somebody was in the bed. Because if I stay in the bed that long, some, well, anyway, anyway, I've gone too far. I'm back on track, don't, you don't have to pray, I'm back. I'm back, I got it, kids. I got it, I ain't gonna say nothing else. My wife act like there is gold in the bed. She gets in the bed and can have a total experience. She can sleep all night and take a nap. I can be tired, eyes red, bags under my eyes, and get up stumbling out of the bed because I got to go do something. I don't even know what it is. And if it ain't something, I'll make something up to do because I got to get out there and do something. I get energy in the crowd. She gives energy in the crowd. I, I refuel in the air. I refuel in the atmosphere. I refuel by what I do. She refuels by who she is. There's no change in that because there's nothing wrong with her being different. Loving somebody who's different from you, you know what it is. And if it ain't something, I'll make something up to do because I got to get out there and do something. I get energy in the crowd. She gives energy in the crowd. I, I refuel in the air. I refuel in the atmosphere. I refuel by what I do. She refuels by who she is. There's no change in that because there's nothing wrong with her being different. Loving somebody who's different from you, if you're not careful, you'll think it's your job to make them like you. What I do is watch you. You watch me? I've been watching you for 41 years. I've been watching you longer. <laughs> And, and you can take that any way you want to take it, but uh, in this particular case, I'm talking about watching your behavior, watching how you manifest strength, watching how you handle tired, watching how you face challenges, watching your body language, your signals, your signs. And what she had to learn about men is we speak in sign language. And this is very tough because women speak in words. You're very verbal. We speak in sign language. We will give you a signal. And if you miss the signal, we will be angry about you missing the signal that we never said. Okay? And there you are trying to figure out what is this about? It's because we talk in sign language. We communicate in sign language. Having uh, the emotional language, it, not just to verbalize a complaint, but to verbalize a good feeling is difficult for us to do because we were trained 
Big boys don't cry. Stand up, be a man, take it like a man, hold it in, suck it up. We train men to be silent and then crave them to speak. And that's why we die quicker than you, because we don't talk. We just disappear. We internalize. We just disappear. After 41 years, about 30 years into the marriage, I realized I married my opposite to balance me. I was attracted to her calmness, to her steadiness, to her stability. I'm like ping, 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 ping. I'm like all over the place. What we gonna do next? I wanna go to the I'm gonna take over Disney and I'm gonna build Disney. I'm gonna stand on the top of six flags and I'm gonna preach on the top of six flags and I'm gonna holler down at the crowd and everybody's gonna be standing there. My wife is done it. She's like, do. She laughed because she know I'm telling the truth. The Bible said, dwell with her according to knowledge. You have to know her. And you can't know her if you don't watch her. And you can't watch her just to have sex with her. You have to know that like you, she is a composite and a compilation of everything she's been through. And even though we talk above what we've been through and we teach above what we've been through, we still are a product of what we've been through. And we have triggers and we have issues and we have situations. And sometimes though you are very verbal about your complaints, ladies, you're not verbal with your compliments. You are quick to verbalize what's wrong. But if you want to have a relationship that survives even with your kids, you also have to verbalize what's right. I like that. I like you. And my wife told me, I like you in blue. I got so many blue suits. I got light blue, dark blue, electric blue, iridescent blue, spring blue, winter blue, blue pinstripes, blue polka dot, blue tie. She says she liked me in blue. I never paid no attention. I don't think I look the same in every color. It don't make no difference. But she says blue is my color. Yeah. My whole closet turned blue. Yeah. <laughs> my wife gets dressed up. She said, I do not care how many people say I look nice on Instagram or Twitter. The only opinion that matters to me is what do you think? And when I tell her she is fine, she grins and she sashays out of that house. She be going out of that house like, yeah. <laughs> you see? See? <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Parenting is a calling mm -hmm. with no expiration date. None. I don't care if my children get 90. I will always see them as my child. I don't care how angry I get at them. I will always find a way to get over it. 
I will, I can get into an argument with my children and I will never pull out all my guns. Now they might disagree with that because I got some, I got some cap guns, it's pretty tough. Uh, but to pull out my AK-47 and let you have it like you're my enemy, I would never use that even if it means letting you win. Because I learned that as a parent, your, word, your words leave scars so deep that when the emotion is over, the scar remains there. You ain't nothing. You're stupid and you ain't never gonna be nothing. That comes out of emotional rage. Then the emotion goes away, but the scar and the echo stays. I didn't know that. I learned that. I learned to be careful even when I'm angry. So if we start going at it, I back out. Please. I back out, because I have the tongue of death. <laughs> if I turn it loose, let me tell you something, I don't know why, but I'm not scared of none of you sisters. I know y'all got some mouth on you, but I can hang. If they turn me loose and cut off these cameras, I can go with you wherever you want to go. No, I just want you to know, I am not one of those men who can't figure out nothing to say back. I will go up under that weave and snatch them fake eyeglasses, them fake eyelashes off your face and tell you talking about being phony. Let me back up. Ooh, I just, that's just a sample. Be ready. You jump on me, you got to come ready. Now, the Holy Spirit constrains me, but just because I didn't say nothing back don't mean I didn't think anything. I will pick which knife I'm going to cut you with. I will cut you up high and low. Why? Why? Why would I turn that kind of... No, listen. That kind of weapon of mass destruction turned on somebody you love is suicide. If I cut her like I could, I am cutting me. She is my body. If she cuts me like that, she is cutting herself. You saved that AK-47 mouth you got for somebody who broke in the house in the middle of the night, and you go rogue on them. You go rogue. You go rogue while I'm fighting them, because I'm going to be fighting. I'm going to be fighting and praying, but I'm going to be fighting and interceding. And I told her, be hitting them with lamps and scriptures. And you know why? We're a team. We can sort out our feelings later, but up under attack, we're a team. We're a team if she's sick. We're a team if she's broke. We're a team if she's hurting. We're a team if she's in a crisis. We're a team when she's backed up against the wall. We're a team if she's in labor. We're a team if she's bleeding. We're a team if she's throwing up. We're a team if she got diarrhea. We're a team if she's in a wheelchair. We're a team if she's walking on a cane. We're a team if she's trying to get up the steps. We're a team, we're a team, we're a team. And if you want to see her be violent, 
jump me. I wish you would. She turns into somebody I have never experienced in my whole life. And the feeling of knowing that she got my back like that, that she would go to war, she would go straight to hood. I was in an argument with a, you know, she, I'm telling you, she was, she, 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 don't let the nice voice fool you. She will go straight rogue on you. I'm arguing with a dude, he's 6'2", I'm 6'2". We'd have faced off like anything might happen, you, you know, cause that's down in there. Guess who leaped in between us? Out of nowhere, I felt wind go past me. She jumped up and said, no, no, no. You don't talk to him like that. She got a fist ball down and she done backed up like this. I was so shocked. I was like, I couldn't say nothing. I was so stunned. I had never seen this come out of her in all of my life. But I found out, let me tell you something, and I've trained animals, I've had animals, I've had watch dogs and protect dogs. There is nothing as violent as a female watchdog because this is a fact. The male dog will have strength, but that female watchdog will bite you she will attack you, she will go for your throat, and together our property is safe, our children are safe, our grandchildren are safe, our church is safe, our vision is safe, two are better than one. If you have somebody to touch and agree with, I don't care how bad you are by yourself, and it's some bad sisters in this world, but you're going to be better if you let me have your back. I don't care how strong you are as a man, there's something that comes out of a woman that will make you better than you are by yourself. All right, family. So, press one. I know, man. Come on. I know somebody got something to say on that one, boy. Let's make sure um, we do got to get off in about maybe 30 minutes. So, let's keep it brief. Well, not super brief, but make sure we on topic. I know this, you know, relationships, it's always going to have you bringing up all type of stories. But let's keep it based on what was said in the actual presentation uh, today. Uh, and let's let's see the gems that came up out of this. I see Brother Hashim in there. All right, Sister Brianna, go ahead. Wait, are you are you unmuted? Cause I don't hear nothing you saying. Can y'all hear her? Hold on, let me. Wait, wait, wait. I'm saying, let me. It's probably me. Let me see. Okay, say something now. Something now. There we go. There <laughs> it is. Go ahead. My check, my check. Okay. <laughs> um, there go that laugh. I mean, 
You know, it's funny. I was thinking about what you said. You said, I wonder what that's connected to. I know exactly what it's connected to. <laughs> um, let's see. He said that you have to love through the turns. Mm. Because love is not just a, an emotion. It's an action. It's a duty. And that isn't only for your significant other. Like, that can be for your parents. That could be for your your siblings. Um, <laughs> he said, you got to save the AK-47 milk for the person that breaks in the house. Well, did I relate to that? I used to always say that if you get my attitude, you deserved it. Because it takes a lot to get me out of character. But now, you know, I've grown and I'm like, no, no one deserves that. No matter how mad or wrong I am or they could be, uh, you know, keep your emotions in check always. Um, He said, or she said that... One of them said... (laughs) That you have to know a person and you have to watch them to be able to help them and be with them. So we all know that women are more expressive through words. But since we know that and 75% of the work is with the woman, it is our jobs, ladies, to make sure that man feels heard. To make sure that he feels sound so that he can come and let go of that emotion. Because... It's a right for women to be in their feminine state, cry all day. Men are taught not to do that. But since 75% of the work is with us, we have to build them up. We have to make sure that they're strong, make sure that they're at peace always so that they can go and build, right? So they can go out in the community. So, I mean, I can keep going forever. We're going to stop right there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that laugh it never it, it's every time y'all <laughs> man uh one of the ones for me um well one of the ones for me was that turn as well how he talked about how you have to clean during the turn and the turn could be anything the turn can be Y'all relationship, but the turn could also be the death of a parent. Something comes up in business, X, Y, and Z. It's easy to get distracted if you don't if you don't um, hold tighter during the turn versus getting looser. Because if you get looser, if you who's ever driving loosen up on the handle, you gonna fall. Both of y'all gonna fall, and whoever is holding on to you, if they loosen up, they're gonna fall off. And so. When I heard that, what the thought that came to mind is, who who are you, and, and just this whole thing, who are you willing to struggle with? Because as I hear this, and I, you know, just think about my own and other people relationships and just any other thing that I've heard over the past, everybody's going to have a problem. We, we just read on Friday uh, how the minister talked about how all organizations and all these struggle is ordained, allow ordained these certain things, but it's not about how you, it's not about what happens, it's about how you handle it and how you manage it. And so who are you willing to struggle with? Because it's not about uh, finding someone or being in a situation where nothing bad ever happens because that's not realistic. 
what's realistic is you actually staying and being willing to clean on when the turn comes, being willing to clean uh, when difficult time comes. Because if you don't, then the inevitable problems that come your way is going to cause one of you to fall off. Uh, next, who pressed one after Sister Brianna? We have uh, J J Ten. Peace, family. Um, uh, one of the things I got was uh was also the same thing about holding on to the turns and and, and that uh holding on tighter when you when you get on them turns and that principle apply um not only like in a relationship but you know like a bit but business and pretty much anything that come into life because oftentimes what I notice about our people is when we think about marriage is we expect find oh, I got to find that perfect person I got to find that perfect person so when you say I got to find that perfect person. You expect that when you get with them, that everything gonna be perfect. So when things go wrong, then you more likely to 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 let go on them turns. When whole time, if the struggle is ordained, and and you see that see yourself, you see that yourself that you struggling maybe with a business. If you if you let go soon and something get hard with a business, that's not gonna come either because nothing is perfect. Um, so instead, you just agreeing. As I'm getting through this thing called life and you getting through this thing called life, we just agreeing that when we go through those turns, it, it'll be a little bit easier when we come together. And then also um, somewhere in the teachings, um, I, I remember hearing the minister talk about like a man is not really a man until he really know how to encounter with a woman. Um, and and um, so if encountering with a woman is becoming one, you know, uh, become also a part of becoming one with God. It's like kind of like fra I look at it like fractions. Um, um, to put two uh, fractions or pieces together, one to make a whole, you got to come together with the least common denominator. So that that's pretty much what I got from it. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, uh, Sister Fatima. Sister Fatima. I'm sorry. I was on mute. I apologize. Hi, Samalikum family. Something that stuck out for me or immediately um, that came to my mind was the science of mating and how we've been taught that that's one of the sciences we didn't learn. And Minister Farrakhan has talked about T.D. Jackson being a great preacher of the word. Mm -hmm. And what he brought today was a great foundation to understanding the science of mating so when he brought up one point i thought was phenomenal was when a woman loves a man in such a way and she's cared for she becomes like a little girl all over again when you feel that security and that protection and that care that that just turns you all the way back into a little girl and the minister have spoke of how mother Khadija feels that way um, or he sees that in Mother Khadija with him and brothers you will see it with your wives and it was another thing when she talked you hear her talk about being able to have the ability to not just love her family but to be able to share that love and give it into something she loved that created a foundation for others in the in the homes and etc so I just thought the whole thing was an excellent base of looking at marriage relationships and how we interact. And let me just say this real quick. 
I'm trying to learn, Brother Ben and family, how to be a little more transparent. I notice I tell what I want to tell, but I'm not always as transparent, which I think would help me grow. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I have to say for myself, I struggle in this regard because sometimes you come at me, I come back at you. Or in my mind, I'm being patient until I can't be patient no more. So I am grateful for the reminder because just recently in the believers meeting, Brother Ishmael just said to us about Muslims are peaceful. Islam brings peace. And when we don't bring peace, every time somebody go at it, we don't have to meet them where they at. Sometimes when one go high, you go low. And when you go low, sometimes somebody else go high. You got to learn a balance. And that in full transparency, something I'm working on in me. Because one of the things my husband has to say to me, my mouth, it's my mouth. And because of my past, in my mind, I'm protecting myself, but I'm not always using wisdom. So I'm very grateful for the reminder. As-salamu alaykum. Praise be to Allah. Another thing that stood out for me is he said that when dealing with your children, don't manipulate them into who you're trying to get them to be with the scripture. They're not looking for a pastor. They're looking for a daddy. And I can kind of recall, I don't know verbatim, my student minister said something similar. If his children was to make a mistake, he would, you know, correct them, but not make them feel like he's not still by their side. And oftentimes I can imagine in leadership when you are striving to raise the people up and teach them and correct them as you, you know, got to correct and, and, and raise yourself to that same word that you speak. And the minister says, shoot, this ain't, you know, I, like I'm on top. It's, it's, it's going out, but it's coming back in. I'm hearing it too. So I can, I can, you know, there's this stigma around PKs or preachers, children or preachers, kids. And, um, that's important for anybody in leadership to re remind yourself that, hey, yes, I'm in leadership of, of a people, but also I'm still this person's daddy. They're looking for dad to guide me, not condemn me. Hey, you're wrong. I can't believe you did this. Don't you know what? No, like I'm still looking for dad or I'm still looking for mom, just like you had. Inshallah. Well, inshallah, because it's in the past, but. Uh, hopefully you had that among, or if you didn't, you still wanted or, or had some type of guardian that was able to be patient with you and not condemn you for every single thing. Now, everybody don't got that story. Maybe you did have somebody that, you know, uh, got on you for every single thing. It made you feel unworthy for every single thing. But even then, remember how that made you feel. And if that made you feel a certain way, lower your self-esteem, made you doubt yourself, had, had bad, uh, 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 consequences for yourself then don't repeat that uh with your children so that was another thing that stood out like having that relationship with the child um being in the being in a position that you are they're looking for a dad and don't use witchcraft or manipulation of the scripture to get your way or to take back your love if they don't do certain things no give your love that's still your child although you in that position of of leadership that was that was deep uh, Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum, family. Um, you, you touched on the point that I was was writing down as well. 
Um, but also just on not getting caught up in the thing. Since the Jigs brought up brought up a thing that we kind of get, we can get to a point where we get comfortable now that we've come out of our struggle, um, and we forget the times where things weren't as pleasant. So being able to remind ourselves that it's not about the things that we can provide. I know me as a man, I, I get caught up sometimes in being a man and just providing and protecting. But I also have to remember that I need to nurture as well. Um, and just like you brought up that they don't want a pastor, they want a daddy. And I have to remember as well, even though when I catch myself, when I maybe get out of out of my character as well. And then I try to go back and, and give something. It's not about giving toys and giving these type of things. It's about giving that time, giving that attention and that guidance and not just that instruction. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Somebody just, uh, Sister Brianna pointed out that he said that's why men die faster than women because they hold um, things in. And what, what I liked about this particular is that he thanked her for, she, she created a home, a peaceful home, through the flaws that he had. He mentioned about flaws, how, you know, you, you know, you complain about flaws. If you can't love me through my flaws, then you really don't love yourself because you got flaws. And if you can't love me through your flaws and flaws is what stop you from loving me, then that's probably going to stop you from loving you. Essentially is what I got from it. So for someone in leadership, it's, you know, uh, you can, you know, the minister, what I love about the minister, he's transparent, but it can be difficult sometimes to talk about every single thing that you got a problem with every single thing that you have a weakness in and so you kind of uh that certain certain in 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 the later conversation you'll hear tomorrow because i stopped it he's going to talk about having certain conversations with his wife that nobody else uh um know about and so if that environment isn't created to where he feels that he can express himself he feels like he can open up then he will and you will hold it in because of what's taught keep it in suck it up all the different things that he said so I, I feel like she has to help him since men do speak in sign language, I seen a couple of brothers bear witness in the comment section when he said that about speaking in sign language not always knowing how to verbalize it uh, if that space isn't created, then he can die of, you know, distress of keeping everything, uh, keeping everything in. So it's a it's a balance of her helping him. I heard the minister say you got to help him be a man. I think this is on Breakfast Club or whatever the case, but it has to help help him become a man uh, and, and be a man just because of the nature of how we've been raised and what we've been raised into. We have to help really each other. Um, so that's why I said, you got to get with somebody. I think we got to get with somebody who we're willing to struggle with, no matter how perfect they are there because of what we've been through in America, man, it's it, somebody that you got some type of trauma, you got some type of stuff that you're dealing with. So who are you willing to deal with that with and love beyond, uh, those flaws? Um, man, sister, you haven't been on here in a while, sister. Uh, I'm not in, you're not next, but. I haven't said your name in a minute. And so I need you to give Sister me. Sister Ida Kwame. Ida Kwame. There it is. Ida <laughs> Kwame. Yep. I'm going to need you to do that little pronunciation thing so I can get. Yes. Uh, yes. Sister uh, Sister Rashida is right before you. Though. Go ahead, Sister Rashida. Ida Kwame. Yeah. So um, what, what resonated with me um, is how he spoke of um, being a parent and how 
no matter the age of his child, 99, they're still, they're still his children. And um, I'm a single mother and I've always been a single mother. And what I learned as my children age, I have to change how I communicate with them. So all of my children are in their 20s now, I have two boys and they taught me that as a mother, as a woman, I have to be careful how I speak to them. Um, I can't yell at them like they're my little children anymore. I have to be patient. Um, I have to remain humble. Even if they're upset, they're yelling or fussing about something because this world beats them up. Um, I see what, what my son, I have a, my son is 24 and he spent time in prison. So now I have to be very careful how I treat him, how I talk to him, um, even when he's irate and upset, because I don't know what he goes through when he's out in this world. So I have to create a home of peace and um, uh, you know, security for them. So that way, when they go out and um, find the love of their life, that's what they look for. I have to be that example for them. So um, I just wanted to put that out there that even though your children are getting older, you have to mature and evolve with them and how you interact with them. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. That's deep that you said you don't know what they uh, what they go through. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a thought that that's a reality for many of us that we don't know what the opposite person is going through. And um, we we have to be willing to uh, sometimes show a little grace, have a little mercy and seek understanding of what the person is going through and not invalidate their feelings of what they've gone through because different people handle their situations differently. Even if you are at home with the entrepreneur you don't know everything that that entrepreneur is going with. You don't know if somebody just cussed them out in a group chat. You don't know if somebody, they going back and forth with somebody on Twitter or they got an email that has messed up their spirit. So there's so many people that an entrepreneur has to talk to on a daily basis. And that's throwing off their frequency, their vibration. It's throwing off their mood. And yes, we can say, oh, well, you got to rise above that, leave that out there. But in reality, maybe what if the person, what if she hasn't mastered that yet? What if he hasn't mastered that yet? Is it just all on them to, hey, man, you better figure that thing out and come back right? You know, so uh, that's that's a great point to, to, to state that I don't know what the opposite person is going through. And uh, something that he said, I don't know if he said it during this, so I'm just remembering because I, I watched uh, the second half of it, is that, oh, yeah, he did say word. He said the scars and the echoes are still there. And I had to learn that. I think he was speaking with his children, but this applies to any relationship in business, in your marriage, in parent, sons, uh, you being a father, son. So you say things in spite because you're angry. He said in an in, in emotion, but when, it, but when the emotion leaves, the scar of what you said still lives there. And I don't know. And I think he he's going to end up saying this if he didn't. I don't know if that was the real you or not. So that's what we got to be, you know, because we'll say things out of spite. Nigga, I ain't, what's the name anyway? 
Or are you just saying this out of emotion or have you always felt this and you just didn't let it come out until I, I did something that disappointed you or made you angry? And now in your mind, you may have feel like, oh, I was just saying that out of anger. But when there's no communication there, he's thinking or she's left thinking, dang, is this really how you feel about me this whole time? And so we got to be careful about what we say in the name calling and bad names and stuff that he said that they didn't do. Um, out of spite because you might not really feel that way. It's kind of like when people say, man, be careful about who you talk about your, your, your spouse with, because like you telling them all the bad. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to text the person who finna, who finna validate what you feel. You finna confide in the person who's going to say, yeah, you right, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm, he sure did. And then once your emotion is, is gone, and y'all back cool again. Now they looking at him sideways or they looking at her sideways when y'all done fixed it. Now you done ruined his reputation or ruin her reputation because you're saying things out of emotion. Well, that's the same thing. I don't know if we've ever thought about it, but that's the same thing that can happen inside as well. Yes, you're not telling anybody else, but that thing that you said in the back of her mind, in the back of his mind, he's li- he's thinking, damn, is this is this what you really think? So even when you do good, you may have this thought in the back of his head, in the back of her head. Is this what she really feels about me? So just just uh, wanted to point that that part out when she spoke about, uh, you know, not knowing what her son deals with. And so some sometimes she got to, you know, pull back and we got to be that way with each other. Although it's hard than a mug. Yeah, than a mug. Uh, but we got to do it sometimes. Sister Ida Kwame. Yes, awesome like him. Um, okay, so one point that stood out to me was when he said it's hard to have a stable relationship when you uh go after your dreams. And that reminded me of a time that Brother Nori was speaking and he's he was making a point to say that it's important for wives to remind our children, like if daddy's not always at home mm. or if um he's out there trying to make things happen, that daddy still it, what he's doing is love. So love is the roof over your head. You know, daddy's love. That's daddy's love. Love. Daddy's love is the clothes on your back. Daddy's love is the food that you're eating. You know, daddy's love is the fact that we can all live the way we're living. And if you can remind your children of that, they won't grow up and say, you know, like my daddy wasn't there or, uh, you know, I wish I had this or that in the third. And they can gain an understanding as a child that with, relationships and any kind of relationship become there comes sacrifice and you know it's not always rainbows and butterflies but compromise as well and also another key point that stood out to me when he said um it's not your job to fix me and it's not my job to fix you because we get in these relationships and marriages and expect our spouses to fill voids that we come in the relationship or marriage with and then when they are not meeting that requirement or the standard, it's like, well, what do I need you for? But when in fact we should be, you know, first and foremost, taking our problems to Allah. And then sometimes when we speak to our spouses, it's not always a fix or a certain response we're looking for. It's just a listening ear. You know, it's not something that um, that we necessarily need them to fix for us that's just all i had can you send that uh clip of brother nuri in the uh telegram 
Uh, it was when he came to the mosque. So I could try to find if there's a recording of it. But I'm going to work on that. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's deep. Because uh, I've heard him say that. I just, I just wanted to clip. I've, I've heard him say it uh, as well. I think the minister actually said it too. Or said it probably first. And he's probably just sharing what the minister uh, has shared with us. But uh, that reminded me when T.D. Jake said, uh, I put a quote in it. He says... Uh, Man, he said, I I refuel by what I do. She refuels by who she is. And he was mentioning, I do this, I do that, I do that. And it refuels me. And you mentioned something, daddy's love. And I think we have to, you know, with this love language thing, although it's a thing you want to serve the person the way that they are, you know, whatever they love language is, but also there has to be some level of patience and understanding of what is daddy's love? What is mommy's love? And if it is taught that, hey, you teach the children how to understand what daddy is doing, that that is his form of love. Well, that same thing has to also be true for the wife, has to also be true for the husband. Like if the mother doesn't like my mother, my mother, we didn't, we, I don't, I can probably count on my fingers how many times we've hugged, but I know my mom loved me by other things that she did, uh, that I didn't even have to ask for. It was things that, that was just known in place. And if I become too, um, they say familiar, familiarity, however you say that dang word, that's a tongue twister for me, breeze content. So if these things happen over and over and over again, and it's just natural, it's like, okay, you kind of become ungrateful a little bit of what's happening. So I know she loved me by the way that she took care of me, the way that she was always there. If there was anything that I asked, I didn't need or want for anything. So that was the sign of, I didn't get a lot of hugs and sit downs and let me point it. We didn't have that, but that was mama's love. I can't say because I didn't have what I know somebody else had where they on the phone talking every day and every morning and every night. Oh, my mom must not love me or somebody don't love me because we don't talk like that because that's not how they love. And I think it can all, we can sometimes be a little selfish when we want a person to love us the way that we love. It's okay to grow into it and, and find compromise. Yes, compromise, but also don't discount that person's love. That's their way of loving. And that is a struggle that I've had, have, uh, because at, from a man's perspective, if our duty is to provide and do these type of things, like I ain't just providing for myself now. I mean, if it was just me, I'm cool off Roman noodles. <laughs> Come on now, brother. I'm cool. I'm eating Roman noodles every night. Now, now I'm just plan on eat rum but if i did shoot i'm finna shoot eat the bare minimum but i'm getting you know other things because shoot everybody not gonna be like me hey man i might just need a laptop and wi-fi and i'm straight but, but somebody you know they need you know a little bit more so it is a part of the love uh the love side and but also the minister says, you know, hey, but don't forget that you do got a wife. Don't forget that you do got children. So there's that balance aspect to it. But trying to balance, I'm doing this so that X, Y, and Z don't happen. And then having to deal with, well, what about the time? You know, that's just a, it's just a difficult thing. And it is something difficult when you have a dream 
and where you're at right now isn't where you want to be, although it may be much more than the average person. Like, okay, well, you straight, but yeah, but I got this big goal up here that I'm nowhere near yet. So you still pushing for it and you still striving for it. And it kind of, if you don't have the, the the balance or the system in place, it can seem like all you care about is that. But in the back of your mind, like I'm doing this for y'all as well. Like there's a such thing called a life insurance policy. If I die, you know how many people die and they don't get nothing. So to have certain things in place you know, should, should show like, Hey, there is that type of love there. But if it's not translated into that, it could be seen from the child's perspective. Hey, well, dad is always working. All he cares about is work. Then he doesn't care about us. So someone has to be able to translate that so that they can understand what they're actually looking at. But that also goes for the wife. It also goes for the husband, vice versa in the different roles that they play. So that's what came up in my mind uh, there. Uh, Sister, Kavai, look like you're next. Assalamualaikum. Two things. Um, one that I was thinking about and then something that you said gave me another perspective. So the first one is when he was saying, um, somebody talked about signs, but he was saying you have to actually be looking for the signs and watching like, you know, a watchtower watching for the signs. And I think that that's something that just needs to definitely be taught is that you have to look for the signs in the Holy Quran It speaks of signs. And it says that, you know, we gave you a sign for this. We gave you a sign for that. And then it also says, would you not mind? So sometimes, you know, when we're looking for signs, what signs are we looking for? So one of the things is, is that, you know, the minister mentioned that we need to look for the God in everything. So now that could be a catch 22 because, you know, of course there's like, uh, you, you, um, you may see the man or the woman and you're looking for the God, the potential God there. So, you know, that just stood out to me that what, what are we looking for when we're watching? What are we looking for in those signs? But if we're looking for the God, trying to see the God in, um, you know, man, trying to see the God in the woman, then we can be patient as that man or woman evolve into God. That was one. Then the second thing, just um, in terms of, I think that was love is duty tape. So it talks about just, you know, making provisions and when we're dutiful, that duty dutifulness shows love. So whether that's, you know, from a male's, male's perspective of um, being a maintainer and, um, you know, from a woman's perspective of, you know, maintaining in terms of like um, Sister Jake's making a home, maintaining a home. I think that that was very beautiful. And then the, the, the final thing was just in terms of um, him talking about you marry the man, but not the robe. Um, I do know that there was a tape called The Man and the Mission. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you can't separate the man from the mission. And I remember 
the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talking about Mother Khadija saying that, you know, um, you know, she understood what his mission was. So it, she was asking, how can I help him? And she was told to, to go and make friends for him wherever he is, wherever he goes. So that was her part in marrying the mission, making friends for him in his mission. I think sometimes that may become a problem if you saying that, you know, I'm just, I just want the man, but, and vice versa. But um, if you just want the man, but you don't want the mission, that, that could um, pose some problems. Deep. Any women in here ever dealt with a man that was in a leadership position, entrepreneur, pastor, minister, whatever the case may be, busy, and that was a struggle for you, what he spoke about. It's hard to maintain a stable relationship when you're going after What did y'all, and y'all overcame it, not just have you dealt with it, because we, we, we don't need to hear a bunch of problems. We done heard all the problems. How many of y'all have been through that problem and then found a solution and would like to share how y'all grew out of that or found a way to make it work in unison? Press the number three in the comment section if you have any experience with that man or woman. Um, uh, I will prefer the man being in the leadership role and then the woman who's the help meet was able to find a way. Uh, I just would prefer that, but uh, either way, y'all can y'all can share, <clears throat> brother brother Ahil, you're next. Assalamualaikum, family. There's one point I, I that stood out to me it was a lot of good points he was speaking on. I never really listened to TD Jakes like that, but he's a he's a real dude from listening to him uh, and seeing him speaking about his wife. And one thing he talked about how. A lot of uh, women in relationships and things that I've dealt with uh, with growing up in a single parent household with my mother is they do like to uh, verbally condemn sometimes, but they don't like to verbally compliment things whenever you do uh, the right things or you think you're maneuvering in the right things, but they don't see those little points, but they like to point out the little problems in you and they don't comprehend how that uh, is a toll on men in certain senses because like they don't feel respected and then one thing he said about his wife like he, his wife respects him you know what I'm saying she never disrespected him even whenever he was disrespectful or, or should have been disrespected she honored him in a certain type of way to keep his self esteem in, in, in a positive mind frame you know what I'm saying and be able to lead in a way and still learn from his mistakes and in watching her respect him in that way so he can be able to have self-accountability and come to her as a man and, and correct himself and honor his wife at the same time. But yes, I can sir. talk about some other things. I'm going to land right there. Yes, sir. Thank you. If Brother Shakur, Sister, what is this? Let me see. Sister Randisha, if y'all can write y'alls down, and be ready to share it in the morning. And, and brother Emmanuel P. If y'all can write that down and be ready in the morning. Because we got to get off here soon. But I want to hear these threes. That's in the comment section. 
So let's go to um, Sister Yolanda 2X uh, answering that question. What, what, how did y'all find, what was the solution that you guys came up with? I saw him late from Brother Ben. Well, it's alone. So in my experience in that, I didn't come, I, I came to a solution. Nevertheless, the entrepreneur or the businessman, he wasn't receiving what I was doing, even though he brought the information to me with one of his peers that had their own company. And at the time, I went back to school so I could get some certifications to help him be successful in his business. And it was, it was a shocking thing for me because it became for him like a competition. And I was thoroughly puzzled. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Well, because you're going to school to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, I had to ponder upon that for about a week or so. And then I came to him without having my AK-47 <laughs> shooting off. And I'm like, okay, remember the conversation where you shared with me about your other business partner and how his wife is the behind the scenes, yada, yada, yada. I said, so that was my positioning with you. You brought something to me. Um, I uh, thought about it and then I put it into the practical application so that I could, I could get myself up to speed so that I could be assistance or part of the vertebrae for the business. Mm. So it went south and I said, wow. Mm. So I said, I have to say that I didn't have a solution, but in my mind, <laughs> I, as TD Jakes was saying, I thought, uh, me being the help and maybe I was acting too prematurely because I was not married to this individual but I was willing to help support it because marriage was one of the goals that we were to obtain nevertheless it didn't work out that way so I'm glad that I heard this today because it was a confirmation for me maybe my timing I wasn't in the right season or the season to be putting that into practical application because I was out of order in my steps. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I was laughing because I was looking for a solution. You said, well, to be honest, I didn't have one. Golly. Ooh, boy, it's rough out here, boy. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing, though. Uh, we got uh, Sister Brianna. I sound like fine folk. Um, <laughs> what I've realized helps in a situation like that is it definitely helps if your goals are similar, mm. right? Like if his business, his entrepreneurship, his his drive is helping others and you want to help others, you understand the sacrifice. You understand the long nights. You understand the distance at times. And what else I have found helps is just setting time aside for you guys because those nights are long. The mission does come and, and sometimes has to take precedence because 
it's the goal, right? And you're you're there to help him with it. Your assistance, you're that you're that backbone when he needs it. Um and just making sure that communication is there because it doesn't matter how long you have to work and you can communicate it. And then just be like, all right, so we'll have a date night next Thursday. Pencil me in. I find that that helps personally. I'm no longer with this person, but it definitely helps, <laughs> you know, and it can help in the future. Um, so that is what I've experienced. And you let me know if it's good. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna have to figure out why you do this laugh. At the end of every match, you're gonna have to tell us this one. I can tell you if you want. No, you tell us we're gonna do a whole zoom on it. No, we're gonna tell us next time. <laughs> sister, uh, sister Golda, you you got time. Uh, I don't have to get off until about uh, my meeting ain't until 10. Okay, all right, I sound like a family. Um, so I actually come from the perspective of a child of a person that was an entrepreneur. Like my father was part of the government for Ghana and he came here because there was a military coup. So he couldn't go back home. So he came here and um, throughout the years through the eighties, he brought my siblings here. He was president of the Dumbay organization, which is for his tribe. And I'll say that it's almost the same thing. Like when he was saying that your, your family needs a pastor or what, a father, not a pastor. And a lot of times it's conflicting when you have a parent who is important to the people. So they're kind of like there for their people. But then you kind of be like, okay, but but I'm your people from your body. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, even my siblings, my siblings did not call him dad. They called him by his first name. I called him dad because I wanted a father. But then as I got older, I started to realize like we're part of a function for a whole group of people. And my mother had to really start to instill that in me. Like, because as a child, even with me, I know my children, sometimes I'll have things I have to do and I feel bad because I'm missing it. But I understand like, but I have to do this for, you know, my role. But the way that I came with a solution was one building the foundation that this is the way that my father knows how to love me because a lot of times he I'm jumping around a lot of times when things happen he would counsel me as the way that he would counsel his people you know kind of like a businessman instead of being from an emotional point but then you have to just realize how a person loves you have to realize the weight that they have on their shoulders and maybe even though they're always in that role of being a leader that's the role they have to be that is what Allah made them and so you have to take that for yourself and learn to kind of fill in the blanks for yourself. So even if it's your husband, who is that person that is a leader or a religious person, like a pastor or whatever, it's like, just look at it like, okay, Allah God made me here to be um, a helpmate for this. So sometimes you have to learn how to put your emotions aside for that. And even now, like, I realized that half of the stuff that my dad used to do, he was building me to be successful. As a child, I didn't get it. I'm like, okay, like, why are you calling me at seven in the morning telling me to memorize this quote? You know what I'm saying? Like, he would do stuff like that all the time. But I realized now, okay, this is what he was doing. So all that to say, uh, the solution that I came up with um, from the perspective of being a child to a father that was an important leader or entrepreneur is that 
you know, you just have to learn to see. And it, it was what he was saying, like, see how they love and understand how they love, because we all don't love the same way. And it can grow you as an individual on how you love others and how you love yourself. So that was that's the best solution that I could come up with. But to be honest, during the time, that solution did not come until years later, years later, years, years later. So, you know, as we do want to be solution driven, the honest truth is sometimes you might not have a perfect solution for that situation. And it's just up to your partner knowing that they came into this with somebody who is in a leadership position and having to understand like this is what you signed up for and even though other people like other people got to have their dad at their birthday other people got to have their dad you know riding bikes and stuff that's just not what I was born into that's just not what my life was and you just have to accept that so that's all I had to say that's my makeup wow I gotta play this clip of the minister now that you done said this Talked about riding bikes with the children and things of that nature. <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with y'all. <clears throat> that was a selfish question. Well, some of y'all know. I've said this. I I struggle with this. And and I'm looking for a solution. Because I know, although I, I impact a lot of people, that I still have to give that quality time to the family. Well, here's what I struggle with, right? With a man that works a nine to five, with a man that has a a business and it's just simply about money. <clears throat> I think it's easy to decipher like, Hey, you're putting money over your family. But in my case, I may be making this up. So maybe I just need help. In my case, I don't just do this for money. I'm doing this for God. So when God comes first in your life, what I'm doing, even down to my business, is a part of God's mission. So technically, in my mind, this is just how I'm visualizing it. I'm not putting money before the family. I'm putting God before the family. Now, if I worked at FedEx or if I got a, you know, I'm selling tennis shoes, then it's easily to decipher, man, you putting, you, man, you putting your damn money before the family. But in what I'm doing... In the resurrection of the dead, mentally, spiritually, financially, in my mind, this is all a part of God. Whether if I'm making money or not, <clears throat> I'm still going to post videos. Everything that I'm teaching, I would teach it either way because I just feel like that's my purpose and that is a part of God's mission. So I struggle personally with, dang, you got to give time. But then in my mind, but I'm giving the time to God, too. So, of course, it's not 24-7, but that is the struggle that I have. In my head, I'm not putting money before my family. I'm putting God before my family. But if it's not seen as God, because it's a part of business, too, it's like, dang, now I feel guilty. But then if I if I get away from doing the business, which is also in my mind, part of God's mission. Now I'm feeling guilty for not doing much. So I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in between that. So I'm telling y'all now, uh, that's something that I'm trying to conquer, uh, before the end of 2023, man, it really be weighing on me because it's like, dang, man, you know what I mean? I don't want to feel like I'm doing something wrong, but then I don't want to feel like I'm doing something wrong on the opposite side. So that's where I'm at. That's why I asked the question, but I want to share this, share this clip of the minister, uh, on to follow up with Sister Golda 
was saying because he said something similar about not being a ball thrower. So check. Every day I think about it. This is the way human beings are. They never fully realize what they have in their midst until they don't have it anymore. Somebody gotta make a sacrifice in order that others may live. He sacrificed. And Zenobia didn't always understand why this man was driven. That's why it's such a loss to us, because he was committed and dedicated to the Word of God. You got a man like that, you don't know what you got. You'd rather divorce him and get somebody that will stay there and hold your hand and miss your reward. I'd like to close on these points because everybody's so still in here now. I mean, it looked like we hit the nerve, huh? No, sisters, I'll tell you something. When you come into this kind of uh, teaching, sisters, these men over here, some of them could be your husbands, when this spirit gets in them, they're going to want to deliver their people. Some of these men in here are going to be great leaders of our people. And in order to be that, they're going to have to make a sacrifice. 
It's not that they want to sacrifice their wife. It's sacrificing their life for something bigger than their life and bigger than the comfort of a wife. And it takes a heck of a woman to understand that kind of reality. All that glitters is not gold. So don't set your sights on something that you may not be able to handle. Be happy with what you got. Because maybe that's all you can handle. We need to know how to be wives to men like this. Because if you're secretly dissatisfied with the man who has a mission, you put that in the children. When the man is away, a careless word spoken. So the children begin to think that he's away doing something other than what he's doing. And then before you know it, the children begin to hate what he represents. That's why preachers' children are the worst children. Because the preacher is not there. So the children begin to hate the Jesus, hate the religion that robbed them of their father. If it wasn't for that Jesus Christ fella, I'd have a daddy. If it wasn't for that Elijah Muhammad, I'd have a father. If it wasn't for that Master Farad Muhammad, my father would never have had to run in the wilderness and go to jail. And I had to walk around in a long dress and people mocking me and laughing at me because of that man and his teaching that my father believed in. So that's what happens to children when they're pained in looking at the pain of their parents. This is not an easy life, brothers and sisters. But I can't help it. This is what I'm born in the world to do. And I'd rather be dead if I could not help to change the condition of my people. There's nothing in this life that gives me joy. Nothing. I have a beautiful car. I have a lovely home. I have nice clothes. Don't mean nothing. Without you raised from this condition, I don't need to live no more. I'm just telling you straight up, there's nothing that is born in this world that can give me lasting happiness but to see you rise. I'm just telling you what I know to be a fact. Right. So that, I had <clears throat> so that kind of camelbacks off of Sister Golda, what you were stating about your father. And again, this is a you know something that I struggle with. Uh, probably one of my biggest weaknesses. So um, we're going to figure it out, but that's the solution that I was, uh, you know, looking for. So <clears throat> Sister Golda gave the perspective from a daughter. Um, anybody else who wants to share on that particular point who've dealt with that type of struggle, uh, that type of balance, and would like to share something from your perspective, you can uh, press the number three and go as well sister Golda, i know you said that touched the nerve so if you want to share 
how that affected you or did you get any deeper insight after hearing the minister kind of veggie back off of something that you said you can share as well but uh brother brother samuel go ahead man oh man um brother ben i've been there okay and uh you know there's a couple of things that i want to say right the uh honorable elijah muhammad is not pastor td jakes i love pastor td jakes I, I adore his teaching, but they're not the same. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, um, actually, at one point, he actually, his children and his wife, they had to get some time out um, behind this association and disconnection with his mind. I sat on the dais with the Honorable Louis Farrakhan in Akron, and uh, where he said his children, if you're not with this, you can be out of luck with him. I've also heard him say that in spite of it all, when it all came to an end, when he was on the tourniquet, when he was arms spread wide, when his body was leaking, blood, he said that it was my children that were there. And uh, he says, so put Allah first and family second. So as a young man, um, I found myself faced with this same type of dilemma um, and being making errors with it. You know, I'm speaking from error and, and, and success. Um, I've been working at developing a school for a long time. Um, it went from me homeschooling my children um, and having my sons deeply involved in the mission to me creating sports teams and uh, coaching them in the context of Honorable Louis Farrakhan saying that, you know, we got nine ministries, right? And he said he want to see the name Muhammad everywhere. So one of those ministries is education and, 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 and art and culture and stuff like that. So I made sure that I put my children in things that would help to uh, magnify their gifts, um, culture and wrestling, making state champions and national champions out of my children and the boys in the neighborhood, but all in the context of creating an educational institution where the children would see themselves. So I remember Tupac said of his mom, he said sometimes he felt like she was more for the people, meaning the community, than for him. And he was actually born in jail um as she defended herself against the false charges that was being put put um against her all of that to say that i learned as a as a and my daughter's registered i mean she's she's literally uh, in the process of registering right now my 20 year old but my older children suffered because of that imbalance and so i've had to win them back you know uh, I've had to be like a star, literally, and take the posture that Pastor Jakes has taken. Just come home. And when you come home, uh, you're coming home to light. You're coming home to love. You're coming home to wisdom. They didn't all deviate very far off the path. Um, me putting them in things that helped to develop their character when they were young was a good thing. But it also caused the strain, right? Um, my son was tired of me coaching him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I had to pass him on in high school to another coach. But the grind that I put him through while I was building a school, while I was developing a community center, while I was doing all the things to make the word become flesh um, and pulling on him, he needed some free time to run to decide to come back home. But that door had to be left open. So I'm not in any way advocating putting nobody out. I don't have that authority. I don't have that type of wisdom or insight. But what I am saying is that in order to qualify to be with a man on a mission, you have to choose their mission too. And I'm going to stop with this. That has something to do with respect. Respect is not just, um, oh, daddy, I won't cuss at you. 
Oh, daddy, I won't yell at you. Um, oh, daddy, I won't. My children don't do that. But do you choose the man in his mission? Do you choose his work? Respect means re. That means, again, to look. Spectacles, spectacular, spectrum. You see what I'm saying? Uh, these things are the eye, right? So respect is, do you see the work properly as it relates to you and your gene pool, as it relates to you and your legacy, your part of this? Donald Elijah Muhammad was not playing when he was talking about making families that last a thousand years into the future. This isn't Barney. I love you. You love me. We want happy family. It's not that type of love. They married Farrakhan's and Muhammad's to produce a mind and a type of genealogy and lineage that go into the future. And when we love this, we don't love Minister Farrakhan like, oh, he, that's for him. Oh, Donald Elijah Muhammad, that's for him as men. Me personally, I want to see my joint live far into the future because I have given my every breath since 16. Since I was 60, I'm 50 now. To see my people elevated, and I'm not playing about that. It means more to me than anything on the planet. God's work. And how you relate to me is how you relate to that mission. If you can't see that, then you don't see me. I love you. I adore you. I got all kind of um, passion in my heart for you. I, I, but you got to come to this in order to look for, for this thing to keep going. And in order for you to really understand me, you don't even know what you're dealing with. One last thing. Let's say a daughter of mine called me to a problem that she's having with a male. She not, she not calling a factor that she can control. She calling a big dog to the fight. I'm coming in ways you can't even comprehend. So the type of love that we have um, for our children, it's not like, uh, you know, mm, it's not the rules of this world. It's the rules of God's world. We're trying to set up God's world. And so our relationship ain't no, it's a quid pro quo to this. And the quid pro quo is how we give our life to the honorable Elijah Muhammad. How we give our life to how we give our life to Allah. I'm 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 gonna need some of that for me too. Because we're trying to go somewhere far and beyond our our current circumstances, and we're trying to make a world. And ain't nobody playing about that. You know, that that energy that's spent, that is deep, um, deep passion and commitment from the God within, man, to 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 help move people. And that, that's that's uh, what they say. Um, what, what's it when you can't you can make a deal and you said that's a non-negotiable. My life is a non-negotiable, and so is my love. That's it. Praise be to Allah. Thank you for sharing, Sister Golda. Okay, so look, y'all be trying to put my little emotions out, but um, it just it brought back a memory that I kind of forgot, but. And this just goes back to, I think, one of the things that any parent has to do if they are someone who has a leadership role is there's find out the little things about your children. Um, it brought back a memory. I had a birthday and I think it might have been like my 16th or 17th birthday. And my father had to miss it because he had a meeting with someone named Kofi Annan. And at the time, I didn't know who he was. I didn't care who Kofi Annan was. I was like, it's my birthday. Like, you need to come to my birthday. And I remember him saying, like, Golda, you'll have a lot of other birthdays. Like, this is important. I have to be here. And I was so mad. And I was like, you don't even know what my favorite color is. Like, do you even know what my favorite song is? Like, I went on this whole 
just rebellious conversation because I was so upset. And now that I look at it, he created an organization that like gives people in Ghana like free computers and pays for their education. Like it was something that actually was really important for the people. But at the time I was so upset with him. Like I was so mad. And, you know, even though it might've seemed selfish, I was a child. I didn't know, you know, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the, the weight of what he did. And, you know, with our children, they're still kids, you know, like your brother Ben X and you influence people, you help resurrect the people, but to your children, your dad. So like you could be, having a meeting with the minister Farrakhan, your children don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a meeting with anybody else. So it was just emotional for me because I just thought about how much, like, I used to just be so mad at him. And I'm like, I really could have been more of a help to him. Like, I could have probably supported what he did more, but I was just a child. But on the flip side of it, you know, we have to know the little things. Know what your children like, you know? And I know that it's not, It's how do I say this without sounding... I'm not saying that any of us ignore our children. No, but we have to put ourselves in the mind of who we were when we were a child. And to a child, their favorite color is important. Their favorite song is important. Your favorite letter and number is important. Even though it's like, okay, like I have important things to do myself. We have to take a step back and just know that these little things are important to them. And that could make a whole difference in the way our children view our mission as well, because you end up resenting the mission. I remember I was like, I don't care who Kofi Annan is. I don't care nothing about partnership or educate. Like I was like, I do not care. Like I needed you here. And that was oftentimes what happened when I was a child. And my siblings constantly had to be like, do you know who your father is? I don't care who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like I was really... I was upset and maybe I was just a more rebellious child because I just, I just wanted my dad. But that, when he said, I am not a father that throws balls, like, and I'm thinking like, I know his children probably felt the same way I felt, but sometimes you just feel a little bit bad. Like how I, I can imagine how much weight he had on his shoulders and I did not see the weight. I didn't understand it. And now that I am in a position where I'm not, I'm not where he was at all, but I'm in a place where there are people that look to me to do things. And I'm seeing myself have to do the same thing to my children. I'm like, I really, I wish that we could make sure we create a, a, a balance. And it's so important to create that balance so that even if you find ways to bring your children with you or, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, because at the end of the day, the mission has to continue. The mission has to go on. We have to do the mission. Allah, God chose us to do it, you know? So it's it's like, you just have to learn, how do I make my children understand my mission? And how do I make them know I love them, even if I have to sometimes miss something for the mission? So that's it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for sharing. Well, <clears throat> I have to get to this meeting. And uh, we will finish up tomorrow morning. Thank everybody for sharing. Thank you, Sister Golda, for being transparent and showing uh, the receiving end of that and the understanding that you came into years later. Um, because that's the perspective that, you know, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure other, other leaders or people that's in that position would like to know that, hey, man, there is still a chance out there. So. Let's follow up in the morning. Again, let's invite somebody. The goal is over 100 people on the Zoom. So let's make sure that we invite somebody 
so that uh we can have more people that can share more experiences so this is good like we heard a message from the minister and td jakes but sister Golda was able to add on sister um uh man i just uh sister yolanda was able to add on to personal experiences these are actual tangible situations that went on that we can learn from so that's why i always ask people to share 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 what you got because there's some context that can be added uh, to the conversation so thank you all for listening if y'all don't mind also y'all can we got the telegram so if y'all say hey man i need to let y'all know about what i will put it inside the telegram you can type it you can do a video that's what the telegram is for as well so inshallah i'll see you guys in the morning assalamualaikum <laughs>